0: and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get the pleasure of speaking with Mariusz Skanechnie. He is an investor, a professional investor, and also the founder of Classic Value Investors, Microcap Explosions, and the creator of Value Investing University. From 2003 to 2008, he was in the residential and commercial real estate industry as an appraiser and broker. During the 809 financial crisis, he made the courageous decision to leave the real estate industry and to start Classic value investors. He's been investing in the stock market since 2008, starting with only ten thousand dollars. Only ten years later, he reached 1.1 million, and by March of 2021, his accounts had reached over four million. He's also the author of eleven books on investing. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here.
1: Hey, and thank you for having me.
0: So, tell us a little bit about what is the life of an investor. What do you do day to day? How would you describe what you do for a living right now?
1: Well, I would say a life of an investor versus a life of, because I also have a YouTube channel, I'm an educator, but a life of an investor is sitting on your butt for many months and years and doing nothing while waiting for your investments to play out. And one way to help with the waiting is to have a YouTube channel and make videos.
0: I love that. Well, the education piece of it is a big part of your business right now, correct? So do you, what does that look like for you? Do you do one-on-one coaching and mentoring, or do you have group classes, or is it mainly published outreach like a YouTube channel and books?
1: So the educational part is is just YouTube. So that's free. And then I have a, a service, a Microcap Explosions, which is like a private membership website where I share exactly the kind of research or the investments that I have in my own portfolio. So that's, you know, that's the paid part, but most of the money or my net worth comes from investing in my ideas that I share with my members and on the YouTube channel. It's uh, sometimes I share the ideas, a few ideas I share, but it's mostly like educational content, how to look at investing, how to have the right mindset.
0: And so what was that leap for you? Because in 2008, we had a lot of problems in the real estate industry. So I, I totally get and understand that you wanted to leave the real estate industry, maybe not even by choice, because things were just terrible that year with a big recession starting and real estate prices dropping. And it was really a time of turmoil in real estate. I work in real estate, so I'm, I can talk forever on what happened those years. So what was the attraction to jump into investing in the market, in the stock market? What drew you to that? What was your prior experience with it? Um, and what kicked it off for you?
1: Well, it's it's mostly my personality where I studied for years, Warren Buffett, and uh, you want to be greedy when others are fearful and you want to be fearful when others are greedy. So I could see right away when the world was falling apart, people were panicking. I could see there was the right time to go into the market. And then As far as leaving real estate, it wasn't so much how terrible the market was. It was simply, I just didn't have the the passion for real estate the way I had for for the stock market. And and I don't mean just the stock market, because stock market is a vehicle for you to get ownership interests in various different businesses. I just like the idea of studying various businesses, understanding how they operate, what's good business, what's a bad business, and where real estate is just one type of a business. And I didn't want to be tied down to just one type of business. And as a business, real estate, from the investing point of view, it's not the greatest type of business because it, it's very capital intensive. It doesn't have, it's not that easy to grow, grow your revenue. If you, let's say if you have a four unit apartment building, how are you going to grow revenue? Well, there's a limit on how much you can raise rent. And in order to grow, double your revenue, you have to buy another apartment building. Which means you need to get capital from somewhere that's capital intensive, but the when you look at other businesses that you can get in the stock market through a stock ownership, you can get businesses that doesn't doesn't take a lot to grow revenues, like for example, even Microcup explosions, which is you know my service, what do I have to do to double my revenue? Well, I have to double the number of users, but it does, it's not capital intensive. I already have the structure, so I can have a hundred or a thousand people on the platform and I don't have to. Add anything to it, so it's these combinations of. I just have more passion for the investing than I did in real estate.
0: And do you still keep an eye on the real estate markets? Uh, what do you think right now of everyone who's saying that the markets are reaching another huge peak? I don't know what Warren Buffett would say about the market today. Are people being fearful? Are people being courageous and brave in their investments? Uh, what do you think?
1: Well, real estate—they're not very fearful. Uh, you see, the I keep an eye on real estate because I would like to take some of my profits and diversify it into, I like mobile home parks, I would like to own a portfolio of mobile home parks. But the problem that I have with real estate is that people in real estate are too smart because it's a private transaction. So you can't really ever get a really good deal on a real estate investment because the the seller is not an idiot. The seller is is a fundamental guy he knows, or a girl, he knows what he's making. He knows what rent he can charge. He knows what the property is worth, it's, the seller is not going to sell it to you for $0.30 on a dollar. But when you, when you go into the stock market, you're not dealing with real owners. You're dealing with speculators. You're dealing with hedge fund managers. They're not owners. They're speculators. So they will sell you a business for $0.50 on a dollar, $0.30, sometimes even $0.10 on a dollar, just because they're afraid what the stock price is going to do next week or next month, or what the Fed is going to do, or what's going to happen in Ukraine. So I want, the number one reason why I'm attracted to the, to the stock market is because I'm dealing with sellers who are not very rational.
0: Interesting, really interesting observation that who you're dealing with and what their mindset is and also their own level of knowledge about what you're negotiating over is really critical.
1: I would love to be able to buy real estate at a decent price. I love real estate. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a nice uh, recurring monthly income? So what are my choices? I can buy, let's say, let's say I buy a stabilized apartment building. What do I have to pay? You know, I probably can't even get a 5% cap rate on that because there's so much competition and the seller is a smart guy. So it's tough. It's tough for me to put my money into real estate when I'm not really getting a super screamy deal where in the stock market, I, I can get unbelievable deals
0: So we've talked about stock market and real estate. Are there any other areas of diversification that you are a proponent of?
1: I always did things like started a little projects or businesses. Like So for example, even my books, you you mentioned at the beginning that I, I authored 11 books. I love books. I love the business of books, especially during the early days when my portfolio wasn't that big. You write a book and you make money forever. And I'm not a bestseller or anything like that, but the revenue that I get from my books more than pays my mortgage. So how long did it take me to write the books? Maybe in total, it takes me about two weeks to write a book. So 10 of them, 20 weeks. So 20 weeks of writing, and then it covers my mortgage. I love that business model. Amazon sells it. I just get money deposited every month into my account. That's a wonderful business model. Also, I uh, created uh, like instructional videos on different topics and on how to do things like for example i'm a, i'm a ballroom dancer and in the ballroom dance industry uh, people have to get costumes for dance competitions and my partner and i realized that there was no instructional videos on how to make ballroom dresses which cost $3000 for one dress so we partnered up with a, a dressmaker from uh, New York, and we created instructional videos on how to make ballroom dresses. And we were the only entity that sold this product, and we sold it all over the world with zero advertising. So within you know five day worth of work, created almost hundred thousand dollars of, of revenue. So I love those kinds of businesses that they have high margins, it doesn't cost you much, and they keep generating revenue for as long as your product sells. So I always did these kinds of things to supplement my income while I was building my portfolio. And also my goal in life, ever since I started working, ever since I started uh, graduated college, which was 2003, most people go into the work field thinking how they're going to develop their career. Before I started, I was already thinking about retiring and not having a job and just generating passive income and right from the get-go. And so these were some of the things that I did over the years until my portfolio reached a level that I don't need to do those kinds of projects anymore.
0: I think listeners' wheels are turning in their head because you've given a lot of great ideas and ways to get creative, right? There's book royalties, there's online courses, stock market, real estate, we talked about briefly too. So many different ways to become a lifestyle entrepreneur or solopreneur. How do you maintain some of that white space in your calendar so that you don't get overburdened with just too much works. You know, there's a lot of demands on your time, I'm sure. But how do you keep yourself sane so that you're not, you don't become a workaholic?
1: Well, that's always the tough part. But the most amount of time that I spent now is actually creating content uh, for YouTube. And I don't have to do this. I enjoy doing this. The part of books, for example, well, I don't do anything. I don't write books anymore. They sell on their own. And in terms of my investing, there's not much to do other than monitor your positions. Because because I tell people all the time, look, I can find you a great investment idea that can double, triple, or 10x every week. But what good does it do if you're going to jump from one idea to another? In order to experience those growth, you have to sit on those ideas for years, five years, six years, seven years, 10 years, whatever. You have to sit on them. So While you're sitting, what are you going to do with your time? So just following them, calling the CEO, figuring out what's going on, reading the financial reports. I mean, that doesn't take that much time. The the most amount of work takes for the management to execute on their plan. And I'm not part of the management. So they are doing the work. I'm just ripping the benefits. And so to help me with the the time pass, I just make YouTube videos and educational content. But you see... I always have this distinction because the hardest thing to do in investing is to sit on your butt and do nothing. That's the hardest thing to do, and the hardest thing for money managers is to do exactly that: sit on your butt and do nothing. Stop reading news. Stop switching your portfolio because Putin did did, did this or this. Just sit. Just you can read the news, but doesn't mean you have to keep changing your portfolio every time, because that's not the best way to make money. The best way to make money is to hold these positions for a long time and let them actually come to fruition. And usually people with money that have the money to invest, well, how do they come to money most of the time? Well, assuming they didn't inherit, they probably started a business or they are successful in their career. And if they're successful in their business and if they're successful in their career, most likely they hustled. They hustled to get clients. They hustled to get work which means they're type type A personality a lot of times and they worked for it. Those kinds of people have a hard time in investing because they can't switch. They don't know how to switch from go, 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 go to sit, 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 sit. But that's where where the advantage is for those people who are okay sitting and doing nothing for many
0: years. So patience, right? And self-control are important attributes.
1: Yeah, patience. I say this joke, God, give me patience, but please hurry up.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, what's your big goal coming up? Like, what are you working on in this next year that is just like a big either project for you or a change or movement forward? Or maybe you are following your advice of doing nothing kind of and just holding your position and, and uh, waiting and being patient.
1: Yeah. So, with my investment portfolio, that's exactly it. Just continue to uh, stay on the path, wait for the management to continue to execute, and then the stock prices are going to reflect their success if they're successful. And then on the YouTube channel, I am more focused on making videos every day now, daily videos. And my goal is to grow it. Is I am at over 6,000 subscribers right now when I reach 10,000 by the end of the year, just to spread, spread the word, impact more people and introduce them to better type of investing, more rational investing versus what's available right now, which is... If you think about what the retail or regular people do, they chase Bitcoin, AMC, GameStop, They chase everything that's popular, but chasing everything that's popular is probably not not going to turn out that well for your wallet.
0: That makes perfect sense. And for you, how do people get in touch with you? Give us a a topic of a recent YouTube video you've published just to give people a taste, just to, to see what the flavor is, to see what kinds of topics and things you address on those videos. I'm sure a lot of people want to tune in.
1: Yeah. So I talk about some specific stock investment ideas on my YouTube channel. I talk about general investing education. And then I talk about the three specific companies that I am personally invested. I have more companies, but I reveal only three. So yesterday, today's Wednesday, uh, Monday, Monday, I came back from Mexico. I was in Mexico for a tour of uh, one of the companies that I feature on my YouTube channel. So I went there on a tour, met the team. This is the third time that I went. It was a visit of a copper, copper project that's eventually in the future is going to become mine and it will produce copper for electric cars and everything that needs copper. So I created about eight videos from that trip, showing people, showing my followers what's going on with the company, how this company is generating value for them, how it's going to make them money, videos about interviews with the management team, meet the team, the whole process of what happens A through Z in what the company is involved in. And so today I published the first video from the trip and then the Seven other videos are going to follow one each every day.
0: So even though it's an investing show, it's almost a touch of a travel show too. What a fun adventure to bring everybody along um, with you on, right? So that's fantastic. How do people get in touch with you to either watch your YouTube channel, check out your books? Where's the best place for them to connect with you?
1: You can take my impossible to pronounce name, type it into YouTube and you will find my YouTube channel, which is under my name. And you can take my name into Amazon. You'll find my books. I mean, you just Google my name and you'll find plenty of ways to uh, get in touch with me.
0: Well, Mariusz, it's been so wonderful to speak with you today. A lot of inspiration, a lot of really interesting knowledge that you've passed on. I appreciate your time. I know listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me.